I'm Lauren Dimmitt Waters. I'm a New York City-based blogger and influencer who has been covering beauty, fashion, and lifestyle for what seems like forever. But now I'm a woman in midlife who wants to discover all the secrets to growing younger. I'm ready to explore topics that deal with health and anti-aging, especially when it comes to beauty, fashion, wellness, and longevity. I'll unearth what works and what you shouldn't waste your money on. Even if it's crazy, I'll hunt down the latest and greatest to help us all get through this journey called life with a little humor and a lot of attitude. I want to keep fighting the fight so we can all grow old ungracefully. So welcome to Beauty is a Bitch. Hi, everyone. It's Lauren Dimmitt Waters for a new episode of Beauty is a Bitch. And today we're going to speak to Dr. Ellen Gendler, who is a board-certified dermatologist in New York City. Uh, she has the longest list of credentials I've, I think I've, I've seen in a long time. Um, and she is, uh, in addition to all of that, she lectures widely at professional meetings, and she is actively involved in teaching injection techniques to physicians around the world, as well as teaching residents at NYU Langone Medical Center. She has consulted for major corporations like Johnson & Johnson, Bristol-Myers Squibb, and Procter & Gamble for such injectable and neurotoxin companies like Allergan and Galderma and MERS. And she is the principal investigator for one of the first hyaluronic acid fillers to be approved in the United States, Hyloform, and participated in the trials of Dysport prior to its approval. She has served as a consultant to Bobby Brown in the development of her skincare line. That's a pretty impressive. And <laughs> today, after we say hello to her, we are going to talk about sunscreens. So hello, Dr. Gendler. How are you? Hey, Lauren. How are you? Thanks I'm, for inviting me. Oh, I'm well, l- let me thank you for, for agreeing to do this. What happened was, just to give you a little backstory, how I met Dr. Gendler, as I had gone in to see her to have a little filler done, which I think I shared with everybody. Uh, a couple, well, right around Thanksgiving. And we were talking about, we turned to sunscreen. I think I said, you know, I need to leave. Can I use some of your sunscreen? Because I don't go anywhere without sunscreen. I haven't for 15 years after, you know, spending the eighties and nineties baking in the sun. Um, so she started talking to me about sunscreens and I was shocked that they're not all created equally. I thought as long as I'm wearing sunscreen, you know, I'm quote unquote covered and she just blew my mind. And I'm like, we need to do a podcast on this. People need to know what you've just told me. So can we start with why is sunscreen so important? Why is sunscreen so <laughs> that's a loaded important? Uh, that's a loaded question. Um, it's important because it's, the, it's your primary line of defense from probably the major influence on sun, da- on, excuse, me, excuse me, on skin damage. Um, and if you don't wear sunscreen, you're just inviting everything that you spend your, your whole life trying to prevent. You know, I see so many young women who are, you know, they eat organic and they exercise and they do everything right. And then they either don't wear sunscreen or they wear the wrong sunscreen. And it's so counterintuitive to me that more people are not aware of this and more doctors don't talk about it. I, I can't tell you why, but they just don't. So, and what about because my my audience tends to be uh, middle aged and what what you're talking about younger women, but what about middle aged women? Are they wearing sunscreen? Are you? 
well, I think that a lot of middle-aged women have been um, fooled into believing that whatever they wear as makeup has sunscreen. And some of the makeup companies will actually say it's an SPF of 15 or whatever other SPF they designate. And they're really lousy sunscreen. So I generally tell people that uh, makeup is not a good sunscreen. And usually sunscreens aren't great makeup. So you should have two separate two separate products. But when you're middle-aged, you, you spend obviously more time in the sun and probably less time protected in the sun than someone who is, who is younger because there were different sunscreens available at, at one time than there are now. Well, so yeah. it's never too late to start. Well, that, that's what I tell women too. I mean, I'm a huge proponent of wearing sunscreen, um, you know, and, and I know a lot of women like myself my, around my age, we spent many years baking in the sun because it was all about like having a great tan when we were, right. you know, younger. And now so the tanning boots. Oh, gosh, those at least I stayed away from. Thank God. <laughs> I was. Yeah. But, you know, come summer, I was wasting. I wish I could get that time back. Oh, my God, that I wasted baking. Um, right. And now I'm seeing the effects of, you know, some of that sun damage coming through. So can you do me a favor and explain how sunscreens actually work? Sure. Well, there's sunscreen is, is kind of a broad term for things that protect you from the sun. And, and really, you can divide them into sunscreens and sunblocks. So sunscreen actually screens out the sun. It doesn't block it. That means it's a, there are chemical uh, ingredients that sit on your skin. And when the ultraviolet light hits it, these chemicals can actually absorb the light itself. And that's how the, the rays are filtered out, as opposed to sun block, which is actually a physical block, something that impedes the passage of the ultraviolet light into your skin. So they're two different mechanisms, and they afford a different kind of protection. Well, okay, so most when I'm talking about sunscreen for the face, um, mm -hmm. Is there a sunblock that we can wear, effect, you know, underneath makeup? That Sure. You can wear a sunblock. You can wear a sunscreen. But maybe, maybe, Lauren, maybe it's better. Maybe it's better for us to talk about what the difference is and why did, what, what did I say to you that blew your mind? Is that, well, I think you, that a good you way to asked start? me, you asked me what kind I was using and right. I told you and you're like, well, if you're using this one product from that line, it's good. But if you're not use, if you're using this other one, it's not good. And it's, it happened to be a brand that I know so many uh, women my age are using, uh, influencers are promoting. Um, mm -hmm. And I guess I can say the name of it. It was, and I wasn't wearing it at the time, but you brought it up and it was super goop. Aha. Uh -huh. And one then, of my favorites to talk about. Okay. So, and what well, you so, said about it blew my mind. So why don't you? Okay. So let's everybody's start. Mind. <laughs> okay, let's start with this. So I'm going to give you a little basic course so that you understand what means what. You know, there's different kinds of ultraviolet light. The big ones that we think about are ultraviolet A and ultraviolet B. Okay. Ultraviolet B is the sunburn ray. So when you sit outside, you're at the beach and you get a sunburn, that's from ultraviolet B. Ultraviolet A penetrates deeper, and those are the tanning rays. Those are the rays that are in tanning booths. So, for instance, if you were to sit in a tanning booth that had ultraviolet B, and if you sat there for 40 minutes like most sessions are, you might die, you might actually die of third-degree burns. Okay, so that's, uh, that sort of sets you up. Ultraviolet A is what makes you tan, and it's the, 
<clears throat> the situation where uh, where women are wearing sunscreens and they go, oh, I'm, I was wearing an SPF 50, but I still get tan. Well, there you have the problem. So some sunscreen shield ultraviolet E and some screen ultra A. And in the United States, most of our sunscreen ingredients are work best on ultraviolet B. There's only one approved sunscreen ingredient in the States, and it's called avobenzone that, that shields ultraviolet A, the tanning rays. And what's terrible about avobenzone is that it's unstable. So it can't live alone. It's got to live with other family members. So in order to use that as, a, as an ingredient, they have to add several other chemicals. They can, they're usually other sunscreens to in, in order to prop this avobenzone up. Okay. And sometimes the, the chemicals that they add are those that are actually banned in Hawaii and Key West because of the damage that they are, pres- that they are thought to, to do to coral reefs. Okay. So that's a bit of a problem. And I always feel that anything that can stand alone and be good is better than something that has to have, you know, helpers to prop it up. Okay. So even at its best, avobenzone is a pretty, it's not a great ultraviolet A sunscreen. And the proof is in the pudding. When, when you wear a sunscreen that has avobenzone as its only ultraviolet A protection, you get tan. So there it is. Now, so that's important. Well, it's a big conversation to say, why don't we have better ones in the United States? Yes, yeah, so that was going to um, be my other question. <laughs> right. So, you know, our FDA is very stringent and very tough. And companies have to spend a lot of money in order to get something before the FDA in order to get it approved. I've always believed that the reason it hasn't been pushed to the uh, to the nth degree, and it is starting to be now, is that honestly, most people just don't care. As you said to me, oh, I'm wearing sunscreen, and that's good enough. It's like people who go and they eat a fat-free muffin. Oh, I ate a fat-free muffin. You know, what's yeah. wrong with that? Even though it has 10,000 calories. So people <laughs> believe that their makeup has sunscreen, blah, blah, blah. They feel that they're protected. And so most companies won't invest the money that's required to get these things to get these things approved because they don't know that their market is going to be. I think as as um, consumers are getting more uh, sophisticated and understanding this, it might be a better, you know, might be um, more likely to actually happen. So to me, in the back in the day, I mean, I've been using these European sunscreens since the late 1990s. Right. It was very hard to get them. You know, you had to do it underground, and you're worried that you, you know, might get arrested by the FDA, <laughs> come raid your office. But now you can get anything on the internet. And while before the pandemic, everybody was traveling all the time, it's very easy to get some of these better sunscreens abroad. So um, do you think maybe these, these words are very long and I don't know whether or not they you know, will be are useful to even tell you, but let me just say a few of them. Just sure. remember the word avobenzone and that's the American ultraviolet A sunscreen ingredient. Okay. I, feel, I think it's pretty lousy. Okay. In Europe, um, Europe and in Asia, this there are other ones. And and the ones that I like to use are Mexoril. And Mexoril comes uh, in two different forms, a, a water soluble and also oil soluble. And it's typically, uh, they, they have very long chemical names, which I will be happy to provide if anybody wants to reach out to me at the <laughs> end of the podcast, I can, I can send it to you. But they have really long names like terephthalidine, dicamphor sulfonic acid, and drometric Dromethazole, trisiloxane, and those are the things that you'd have to look for on the back of uh, of a box. Okay. And then there's two other ones: Tinosorb S, Tinosorb M, which also have very, very long chemical names. Bis 
ethyl hexyl oxyphenol methoxyphenol triazine and methylene bisphenol. You don't even need to hear all the words. <laughs> all you need to know is that they're really long. Okay. And those are ingredients that are found in European sunscreens because they're approved there. And what, what happens now is if you get one of these products, often they'll have a combination of those, those two. And sometimes they'll even include a little avobenzone, which is, which is fine. So what are the products that are most commonly seen to have these ingredients? Well, I would say the one that most people here will have seen is a, uh, a sunscreen called Anthelios. And everyone's going yes. to say, oh, 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 I know that. Yeah, I know that product. Yeah. yeah. Well, the issue with that is that the European Anthelios made by La Roche-Posay has the ingredients that I consider good. And the and then the company got a little tricky and they decided to make an American version, which looks almost exactly the it's same. It's not the same? It's packaging and you, it's not the same. <gasps> and it has some avobenzone in it and some other little things, but it doesn't have the ingredients that are not approved here. You know what's and, so funny is um, my parents used to go to France quite a bit and I'd have my mom mm-hmm. bring that back for me. The real one. The real one. But then I then I had her stop because I could get it in the States. I didn't realize Correct. that it was different. You thought you were Ooh, getting it in the States. Exactly. Interesting. It's not the same thing. But it's so I think I, I find that a really obnoxious, to tell you the truth. Yep. And then what they did was they added uh, a little complex that they call Cell Ox Shield. And it has an X in it. It was very clever. So it mimics the word mexoril, which is the ingredient that we like. Right. And so I think that consumers here buy it and they see that X. They can't remember the word mexoril. Yeah. And they buy that and they think they're getting the same thing. So so, so it, you don't now you don't recommend the American Anthelios. Is that what you're saying? I don't. There, okay. There's one or two of their products that are okay because they are mineral based. And we're going to talk about that in a second. But I think you really have to read labels. And I know that you and I spoke about doing an Instagram live at some point. And I think when we do that, I'll have little index cards that I could hold up with the actual words and people could take screenshots. That's what I tend to do because you'll, they'll never remember the words that I say. And, and, you know, it's great idea in your wallet, keep them on your phone. And then when you go to the, to the store, just pop them, pop them up and just look at the word and you see if you can, if you can get it. And so, and I do want people to know that we're purposely we I want to put up this podcast, give it a little while so everybody can listen to it. And then I will announce when you and I will be speaking in an Instagram live so people can ask questions. Sure. Live. And you can. Good. That's okay. a fabulous I love it. idea to hold up. I love cards. it because an educated an educated consumer is the best customer. Okay, Molly. Sims. Sims used to <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Um, OK, so. I, I do want to talk about that. But so what when we talked about supergroup, so why is that you said some of them are good and some are bad? So right. can you? So, right. So the, when I say bad, again, some of them are, are not as good. Okay. Is that a better way to say it? Yes. Yeah, I find the problem with supergroup is forget about the fact that it has the word goop in it. Yeah. Uh, is <laughs> that you everyone thinks of it as this, you know, real natural line. And they call it clean chemicals and whatever else they whatever other things they they use to describe it. And it's not true for all of their products. It's only true for a few of their products. And um, and that's what I find most objectionable. So yeah. qu- before I go into that, can I just very quickly just cover the, the, the sunblock? Uh, oh, absolutely. Yes. Make more sense. Yeah. So, so we just f- covered sunscreens. I told you about avobenzone, which is the classic American ingredient, and then the European ones. Now let's talk about sunblocks. As I said, those are physical blockers. It's like something you put in front of your 
you know, your window, you put a blackout shade and the light can't come in. Well, these are sunblocks and these are made of zinc oxide and or titanium dioxide. Mm -hmm. Zinc oxide is what you think of when you think of a lifeguard whose nose is painted with this thick white stuff. Yep. It's zinc oxide is what you put on your baby's tush uh, to prevent diaper rash. And it's thick and it's disgusting. And so it's hard to use. But over the years, they've come up with these micronized types of zinc oxide that are very fine. Some of them finer than others. And, and many of them can go on without having that whitish cast. Mm -hmm. Titanium dioxide is another physical blocker, not as potent a sunscreen as zinc oxide, but it's lighter. And it's what's added often to makeups. When you, when you, when you put on a foundation makeup, it almost always has some titanium dioxide in it. It's, uh, it's a little chalky, but it, it also just gives a nice coverage. Mm -hmm. So that is sometimes what's used as the basis for the sunscreen uh, rating in a makeup product. But titanium dioxide is not as good a sunscreen as zinc oxide. So that affects the choice of your sunscreen when you're doing a sunblock. And those are classically called mineral sunscreens. And neither of those minerals has been banned in Hawaii. Neither of them has been shown to be harmful to coral reefs. And neither of them to, that we know of yet has been found in the bloodstream. That doesn't mean it won't be. But you remember oh, there was okay. a big hoopla last year about blood levels of sunscreen uh, being detected. And that, that caused a big uproar. Um, in okay. you know in the world of people who are anti sunscreeners who are kind of like anti vaxxers if you ask me right now let me ask you a question then can we talk about then you you brought up something that you know there tends to be uh, this thought that if something is natural that it's it's better or it's as good um, can you explain why that might be dangerous when it comes to a sunscreen. Oh, sure. I'd love to do that. And it's it can be dangerous in so many ways. First of all, what when something is claimed to be natural to go on the skin, I would say with almost complete certainty, um, it's almost never nat all natural. Because something that's all natural usually will go rancid. So everything has to have some additives. And I find it really annoying that companies who add in essential oils and botanicals and plants, which definitely are natural. So is poison ivy, very natural. <laughs> so it doesn't make them any safer. Okay. But so we got on the subject um, because of super goop. And I just don't like the idea of their calling things clean chemicals. You know, yes, abobenzone has not been banned. That's that is true. But that's the ingredient in many of their sunscreen products. So the, the, their most popular, I would say probably their best sellers would be things like um, unseen sunscreen and glow screen. Those are their most popular, I think. Mm -hmm. And those are made of uh, with abobenzone and a bunch of stabilizers. OK, and so that's. You know, that I find troubling because they're just not superior sunscreens. Yes, they may, they might have the best that we have in the United States, but people who wear them still get tan. Mm -hmm. So um, Supergroup makes a few products that are all mineral. And I like those better. I feel that they are they're safer. I feel that they're more effective. And I feel that they they are all, they are, quote, all natural. Which and ones are those? Just They're, they make one that's called um, zinc screen. They make one that's called matte screen, one that's called play mineral. And they even make a baby one that's really nice and comes in a pretty tube. It's called sunny screen. It comes in this cute light blue and yellow tube. It's really and it's it's kind of thick, but it's good if you're going if you have kids. 
because it stays on. And it's good if you're playing you know, tennis and you want to put it, you know, on areas that, that we sweat. So okay. those are nice products. So I have nothing against Supergoop except that they represent themselves in a way that I don't think is totally um, forthright. Okay, so um, that brings me up to the, the next question then. Okay, so what screens would you recommend? Well, there's just so many. And I, I hate, I don't, I don't really like to tell you these are the ones I recommend because there's so many uh, products that are good. But if you, what do you ask use? me, let's say, what would you use? Well, I use a million different sunscreens because I try everything, but I've been, I've been using the, the European Anthelios fluid for 20 years. Okay. okay. I use that. That's my go-to product. Okay. And then there are some European sunscreens made by a company called Isden that have the other ingredients, the Tynosorb S, Tynosorb M. And sometimes I'll even combine them. Let me say that even the best European sunscreen ingredients shield only a fraction of the ultraviolet A. So it's nice when, when a sunscreen has all of those ingredients in it because then you get the best, the best coverage that you can. So okay. again, once we do our Instagram and I can hold up cards and show you, it will be nice for you to, for uh, the listeners to look for the products that have all of them. And I can give you some names, but I also like some of the Elta products, some of them. Because Elta MD, which is a really right. popular brand, has many of the same problems that Supergoop does. Many of them contain not only um, uh, avobenzone and stabilizers, but some of them, and here's a big problem for me, they contain zinc oxide as their main uh, ingredient, but then they contain one of the other ingredients that's banned. So the Elta Clear, which is a commonly used one, contains zinc oxide in a not great percentage, not high mm -hmm. enough to really with octanoxate, which is a banned ingredient. So why would you do, why would you use that? But Elta has three different products that I like that are, that are all mineral and that have an adequate amount of zinc oxide. And that's the Elta replenish, the Elta elements and the Elta restore. And all three of those are, are, are really good mineral, mineral sunscreens. And another product I love is made by Isden, which is a European company, but it's sold in the U.S. It's a mineral sunscreen, okay, and it's called Erifotona, and it's fabulous. Why? Because it also contains DNA repair enzymes, and those are my favorite skincare ingredient um, to for just for a skincare routine. And this particular sunscreen incorporates it into it, the sunscreen, and it's purely mineral. It's purely a zinc oxide, so I really like that a lot. Um, Wow. If that, that, you've given us, it, yeah, any more that you recommend? Helpful. Well, there, there's, there's, I mean, gosh, there's just so many. There's, you know, Drunk Elephant makes makes a nice sunscreen. It's called um, Physical Daily Defense, and it's zinc oxide with a 20%. Even CeraVe has a baby sunscreen that's good. Um, Think Baby has some good mineral-based sunscreens. And as I said, the Supergoop has the, the baby sunscreens. Um, and then there's a bunch like Tizo which are nice as primers because they are predominantly titanium dioxide. So they're a bit lighter and they do afford some protection, but they, they're not the kind of sunscreen I would use if I were going to the beach. Yeah, um, I use that daily. Actually, that's the one I've been using right now daily. Right. Um, but so not, a, you know, that's you a know, nice sunscreen for, for today. That's a, you know, you yeah. live in New York. Right. Um, and, it, you know, we're not exposed to that much sun, although, you know, beware if you're this fresh snow can reflect up to 80% of ultraviolet light. So yep. you've got to be careful with that too. I wear you know? it every day. And just remember that. Not not for sports or anything, but like every day, even to that, go get the perfect. kids off that's the bus. A, <laughs> that's great. And it, that's a really nice product to wear underneath makeup. And yep. there's a few other, there's many, I shouldn't say a few, there's many other companies that have nice 
titanium dioxide-based, I call them primers, um, Zo, Z-O, they make a really nice one. Um, there's a lot of them. SkinCeuticals makes one. Um, even Skin Medica makes one. There's a, there's a lot of them that do. So that's good. You, know, you need to. You can look at. Um, you can look at ingredient list and also look for percentages. Um, there, but if you if you wanted me to tell to tell you some of the one the sunscreens that I really try to tell patients not to use. Yes, you know, absolutely. I think things like the the Alba Botanica fragrance free clear spray sensitive. Right, that's the one that is. You know, it's a supposed to be all organic that contains abobenzone and four other sunscreens and some of the Kula sunscreens have the same thing um oh yeah that's another popular brand Kula very yeah. popular and yeah. skin medica and, and super goop i mean these are all really popular sunscreens and I, I you know it's buyer beware when you learn a little bit i think it'll be much easier for you to to, to choose things that are better for you let me let me ask you this um okay mm-hmm. you're talking are there any drugstore or mass market brands that you recommend there are lots of them, but you have to scroll through all the offerings. Okay. And every year it changes because each one of these brands uh, adds new things. But let's start with say Neutrogena, which is a common one. Right. You know, most of the Neutrogena products have abobenzone, and and here here's a, here's something that's important. They, as I said earlier, La Roche Posay added this little complex called Cell Oxy that has an X in it. Right. Well, Neutrogena made their own. That's called helioplex with another x and oh, again yeah. in a little attempt to i i believe uh, lead you to think you're getting something good and these are these are stabilizing um uh, formulations that they that they uh, trademark so they have the cute names and they consist of antioxidants which is fine because those are helpful in preventing sun damage but the helioplex itself contains oxybenzone which is one of the banned ingredients in hawaii so mm-hmm. if they don't they don't say that because they, their patented complex is called Helioplex and it's a trademark thing, so they don't have to list what what it's made of. You know that to me is not is not great. It's it's just a little bit of false advertising. It makes me unhappy. But, but Neutrogena does make a fully mineral based sunscreen, and and that's okay. That's fine. What about any others that you can get at mass you know, market? You can uh, you can get Think Baby mass market. You can get. Um, uh, there's another one called um, oh my, California Baby. There's just so many uh, that you that you can find in the drugstore. Um, and can adults one that's use called the baby? Bear Essentials? Oh, Bear Essentials. Well, adults, sure, Bear Essentials. Yeah, that's another one that has they have uh, scented sunscreens, and some of them are actually good. Some of them are purely mineral based. But again, remember that in the U.S., any United States manufactured chemical sunscreen is going to have avobenzone as its as its UVA protectant. So I like to recommend European chemical right. sunscreens and any any kind of mineral. I don't care where it's made as long as it has the right ingredients. And for people who have very, very severe um, uh, concerns, such as, you know, they had skin cancers and or, uh, or else if they have melasma, which is the pigment that many women get. We were going to talk I, about that too. I was going to ask. Right, I recommend that. that they use a little combination. They, I recommend that they that they use a sunscreen with a chemical, a sunblock with a physical, and actually to take by mouth an oral antioxidant. Okay. So, so there's something called HeliaCare. There's there's another uh, one made by Cellular MD. These are oral antioxidant supplements that help protect you from the sun, and they definitely work. Definitely. Is that good for anybody to take, not just women? Anybody. With okay. Even kids. 
Yeah. Oh, great. Okay. That's... I mean, I insist that all my melasma patients take those by mouth because it's very helpful. Now explain just so people, uh, oh, I, I would assume many women know what it is, but let's, what is melasma? Well, mel- melasma is the pigmentation that occurs often over the lip, on the forehead, on the cheeks, and typically occurs in women who have either had children or who have been on the birth control pill at some point in their life. And it's, it's annoying. It's really annoying because it's hard to get rid of. And once you get rid of it, it likes to come back. So it's like you have to maintain to try to prevent more melasma from forming. Does, it's very frustrating. Does sunscreen, sunscreen, excuse me, prevent it? I mean, can it prevent it or? Sunscreen can prevent it if you start early enough. And if you wear ultraviolet A protective sunscreens, yes. But the avobenzone, no, will not protect it. It's not, it's not enough. You need to wear the, the, the European ones and or the, the zinc oxide based sunscreens. I don't really know why gynecologists are not more on top of this and why when they prescribe birth control pills to their patients or when their their patients are pregnant, I feel like they should be giving them the same warning that I'm giving them right now. It makes a huge difference. It's better to uh, prevent it from happening than to try to treat it and get rid of it. Now, you brought up something again. So I just want to repeat to take an oral. What is this again? Just I want to make it's an sure or an oral supplement. That's supplement. an antioxidant. There are many things that are helpful in preventing the free radical damage that is created okay. by the sun. And uh, there's something called HelioCare, which is an oral supplement that's made of the polypodium extract. And then a company that's called Cellular MD that has niacinamide vitamin B3, which is also very, very helpful okay. in preventing precancers and non-melanoma skin cancers. Those are very important things. Um, and I believe that those should be part of everyone's everyday regimen. You know, you take your multivitamin, you should take one of these as well. Oh, I take, a, I personally take a fistful, not a fistful, but I take a lot of supplements, but not that. So look, what- and, and why do you take the supplements? to to be healthy and to take care of my body and but i mean what product what excuse me what problems are you trying to address give me a, a particular well, supplement you take well i'm taking uh, a a good fish oil one i'm taking okay. uh, a vitamin d3 i take i'm trying to think what else i take um a zinc okay uh there's I, i'm not saying That's a fistful yeah, I, I take, no, but I do take an multivitamin, yes. Um, right. You know, I probably every night I take about eight and I have to do it at night. Oh my God. Yeah, oh, I know. Wow, that's a lot. And, that's and though, a lot of uh, that's, that's called down. Uh, therefore, really? two years ago, I was taking an obscene amount and finally I was, you know, I finally saw um, a doctor that was like, that's too many. You don't need all these. Right. Right. And if, as know, long as you take high, you know, really good quality ones. Which I right. Do. Well, that's important too. Right. And these are, these are more or less unregulated because they're not drugs. And Correct. yet these supplements actually can be drugs and can have some very serious side effects. So, right. You know, they can be, they can be potent and helpful, such as your fish oil. You know, that's a, a nice thing to help prevent inflammation, but it can also make, they can make you bleed. So you, you want to know to stop those before you have any kind of surgical procedure. Yes. Uh, same, yes. same thing with turmeric. Turmeric is yes. another anti, anti-inflammatory uh, a supplement and it definitely causes bruising. Um, yes, I found that out. Bromelain. Yes. You found that out. Yeah, yeah I did. Bruise, I used to take no a lot idea. of turmeric and, and um, for pain and uh, right. found out that it's, it's like, not good for bleeding. Correct. Exactly. So it's now kind of, I, I, I watch like how much turmeric. Wow. Yes, right. 
this has been so yeah. what else would you what else have I not asked you that you want people to know? Um, well, let me you know what I think is, a, is an important question. Um, what what are some of the misconceptions about sunscreen? I think that's that's an important Huge. question. Yes. Um, and I think about a year ago, two years ago, I can't remember exactly when, but there was this big uh, concern raised by somebody um, of sunscreens appearing in the bloodstream, that levels of the detectable levels of sunscreen were found in the bloodstream. And that was true in this study. However, there was no evidence that the levels in the bloodstream actually did any harm. So oh. yes, they were found there, but were they important? No, and it, it doesn't mean that, that they harm you. And they have not studied to see whether or not zinc and titanium levels are found in the blood. So for all we know, and I'm assuming that those studies are going to be ongoing, those may appear in the blood too. Things that we ap apply to the skin can actually penetrate. That's why there are many drugs that are delivered, in, um, you know, on uh, dermally, intradermally, or on uh, in patches, so that they are absorbed through the skin, uh, transdermally. Excuse me, they're absorbed through the skin. estrogen patches, you know, nicotine patches. There's so many drugs that are delivered like that, so things can penetrate and get into the bloodstream. It's important. That's important to know about. Um, oh, okay. But I don't. That that's not. That should not be viewed as harmful. There was another misconception a few years back that some products that contained retinol palmitate, which is a, a weak retinoid, that maybe that would add to the risk of skin cancer. That was completely debunked. Okay, um, good. Because people are always looking for reasons to, uh, to, to you know, criticize things that are that are touted as healthy. And it's funny because those people are the ones who you know insist on eating all organic and whatnot. And how timely is this? This week, yesterday or the day before, there were those reports that came out in the, in the New York Times and, and well, the journal, et cetera, that many of these organic baby food companies have high levels of toxic metals I like saw that. arsenic yes. and you know, cadmium. How scary is that? So and scary. There, there are these, right. I mean, there, there you are trying to do something right by you know, using only natural food. And yeah, you're some actually, of which I used with my children. Right. Yeah, so it's really crazy. frightening. And I, I again, buyer beware. Oh, never think that something is superior until it's really thoroughly investigated. Yeah. Well, that's that's sort of the, the hypocrisy of all of this, sadly, you know. Um, right. You know, right. It, it's true that that's completely frightening. And the other, the other issue is that now, you know, people who they listen to non-experts um, and they see them on you know, on online, they see them on Instagram, social media, wherever they yeah. look at them. and social media. And, you know, they're all using these filters and it's very, it's very um, deceptive. It is. And you think that they're, they're advocating products, skincare products, and they, they're not experts. They don't know what they're talking about, but yet they talk about it. And there are some that I could think of. I mean, I spend a lot of time trying to interact with them and, and debate with them, but you never get anywhere because people who like to follow these people, they don't actually want to understand. What, well, they're what's also really getting paid on. a lot of them to right, obviously they get paid by, by that's the, right. By that's the company. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I personally, you know, I, I try to educate myself and I've turned down things that I just don't, that don't align with my beliefs, but, um, right. You know, I but but that's me. You know, I can only speak to myself, and I've probably have unknowingly or unwittingly promoted something that, in the end, turned out not to be fantastic. But I right. didn't go you, into it believing that. So right, believing that, yeah. Right. And you know, and, and also another problem. I I, I hold some 
dermatologists responsible for this as well because they will they will sell brands in their office they dispense them in their office you know saying it's very convenient for their patients to purchase and most of those all of those are made by other companies that just you know private label them and i think that if you're selling if you're doing that fine that's up to you but at least you should know what you're selling and if you're selling an inferior product that has avobenzone you should you shouldn't be you know right I mean, pa- patients can get that at least sell something better you mean you're and talking about always... private label dermatology lines right. not not right. all of them not right. all of them are bad because some of them are zinc oxide based products but anything else is going to be with avobenzone and i've always believed that if i were going to sell something in my office it would be because the patients couldn't get it. Well, back in the day, they couldn't get these European sunscreens because they, you just couldn't buy them. Now the right. internet, you could go online and get them. But that's what I offered because I thought it was better than what we had. It was better so, than what, we, what was offered in the world. You so know? people can go to your office and get the correct yes, anthelios or whatever? Yes, they can. Okay. They, that's exactly right. They can, but that's not. I'm not trying to, you right. know, to pitch this as no. a sales pitch. I'm just telling you that I felt very strongly that dermatologists didn't know enough about sunscreens. They didn't pay any attention. I published an article this uh, six months ago in, during the pandemic in one of the derm journals about this. It's shocking to me how little dermatologists know about this. Like, why are they not telling their patients what I'm telling you? This is so <laughs> basic. This is just basic. Right, right. Well, this is, this is fascinating. So let me we will be doing an uh, an Instagram live. I will be. Uh, I'll let everybody know about it. Uh, the date. I just want this to air for a while so people can listen to it and form their own questions. Because boy, my head's spinning right now with everything that you have. <laughs> that Sorry. everything. No, it's it's good. But of course, like I'm going to run upstairs and go check out all the labels of the everything that I have. Um, right. And I you just want. Them. I want people. How can people reach you? How, where can they, how can they find you? Well, I can run, but I can't hide. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty easy to reach. My name is Ellen Gendler. My office is in, in, in New York City. And I teach at NYU. Um, my private office is on Fifth Avenue across the street from the Metropolitan Museum. But my email address is easy, too, if you want to get in touch. It's just my name, Ellen Gendler, MD, at gmail.com. Very simple and easy to remember. And uh, or if you, you know, Google me, Gendler Dermatology, you'll you can you'll find me very readily. Yeah. And I, I noticed on your Instagram you you say you did a thing. I, I took a screenshot of it, by the way, of like the products you use. Um Oh. Yeah, I thought that was okay. great. I think that that's really good. So people well, can also probably, follow you on Instagram. And that you can follow me on Instagram, but that's also a, maybe a topic for another podcast is to talk about what skincare ingredients are really important to use. And which ones are fluff? That will be another one because I think DNA repair goes hand in hand with sunscreen. We should probably, you know, deal with that at some point as well. It's a date. We will, we will schedule that. It's a date. (laughs) We will definitely schedule that. So I want to thank you so much. Um, I think we're going to wrap this up. Uh, Stay tuned for our Instagram live where you can ask questions. I'm sure you're going to have tons. I'm sure I'm going to have some by then because I've literally been taking notes like a mad woman right now. Um, and uh, I, I really appreciate you uh, kind of blowing the lid off. I thank you for giving me the opportunity. <laughs> <laughs>